Hello, listeners. Welcome back. It's the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. Spooky stories from the listeners. Oh, you sound so cheery now. <laughs> well, I'm Jimby. <laughs> Hi, Jimby. Hi, Jimby. <laughs> That's from the previous Spooky Stories episode, if you haven't listened. Go check it out if you haven't. <laughs> this is volume four of Spooky Stories. You all really hooked us up with some great spooky stories to share this season. And I think we have this one and one other to share with you. Thank you so much for sending these in. Yeah, it's been super fun. This was something I really wanted to do last year. Mm -hmm. and No one responded. So I've been very happy this year. Ditto. So getting into it. <laughs> Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story The Tale of the Haunted Headstone. This is another great story from Amber. So in 2002, I had a male friend who was really into supernatural, paranormal everything. He decided one afternoon that we were going to visit a cemetery. I'm refraining from disclosing where because of the location and name of the headstone has become a YouTube phenomenon now, and I think the dead deserve to rest in peace. I personally regret this whole encounter. So I drove because he didn't have a car, and we parked across the street at a gas station. It was almost dusk when we arrived. Supposedly... If you find this specific headstone at this particular cemetery and you do something, something creepy happens. And then just a little note, she says, sorry, I'm being cryptic. I just don't want to add to this legend. What are the details? (laughs) So she said there are YouTube videos to corroborate it, but this story isn't about that. We didn't know where the headstone was exactly. So my friend said we needed to split up and look for it, which by the way, don't split up. Never split up. (laughs) He started looking toward the perimeter, and I went straight down the middle and began looking at names. I think I went down two rows before I heard something in front of me, like the sound of a foot stepping on a branch. So I looked up. At the very far edge of the cemetery, where there was a field, I could see a man standing with a dog. A very large dog. My heart was in my throat. I called out to my friend, and I could hear him call out from behind me. I turned around to look, and suddenly... There were tiny candles lit on all of the graves behind me. Not on the headstones, but on the grassy parts of the grave where I had just walked. My friend was still several rows behind where I had been. There's no way he could have done it. He was jogging towards me along the perimeter, but I was already in panic mode. As he approached, he said, Hey, you found it. What? I asked, already starting to point in the direction of the man and his dog, but slowly lowering my hand at his interruption. You found the headstone. He pointed at the headstone directly next to me. I read the letters, and sure enough, it was the one we were looking for. Okay, I'm done, I said. I looked up. The man and the dog were still at the edge of the cemetery, watching us, further in the darkness as the sun had officially set. What are you talking about? You found the headstone. We have to do this. No, we're done. There's a dude with a dog over there watching us. And there's candles everywhere. I'm out. I'm not doing anything. What? Come on. Nope. I'll be in the car. And I ran back to my car. I've often thought about this in my head and wondered if the candles were those battery-operated votives that were maybe daylight sensitive. But these had an actual flame that were flicking with the motion of the breeze. 
I remember thinking how dangerous it was that someone had lit the candles and left them on the grass in Texas in the fall when we have dry brush and fire warnings. I also remember thinking how weird it was that someone had come behind me and lit them so quickly. I remember the conversation with my friend afterward, and he did not remember seeing any candles at all. We argued about it at length. He also didn't see the man with the dog at the edge of the cemetery. This is one of those instances that I really thought I was going crazy, but my gut was screaming at me to run. And now that I've seen the YouTube videos, I'm so glad that we didn't do what he was trying to do. The dead should have some peace and people need to stop thinking that the cemetery is some playground. Wow. Yeah. I have got to figure out what story she is talking about. <laughs> but, you know, I appreciate the fact that she doesn't want to perpetuate this any further. Like, I, I agree with the respect. I'm curious about the story, but I agree with her. Me too. <laughs> Except I want to know right now. <laughs> but I get it. You don't want graves and things like that disturbed. So I need to see what was really about to go on. I'm very curious. It doesn't sound like it would be too difficult to find it on your own. Okay. She just didn't want to be the one to spread that, so. I got it. So I call this story the tale of the disappearing inn. This comes to us from Yael. A story that messed me up as a kid is the one where this young couple is driving to visit family and stay the night at a beautiful old inn on their way. They sleep there, eat breakfast there, etc. They had such a nice time. They leave a thank you note on the breakfast table for the elderly innkeeper. They eventually make it to their family's house and tell them all about the lovely inn where they spent the night. The family looks at each other and tell them it was impossible for them to have stayed there. That inn had burnt down years ago. <laughs> the couple don't understand how this could be possible, so they return to the inn and find their letter, perfectly intact, sitting inside the burnt remains of the inn. <laughs> Super scary. Yeah, that is good. Right? I love that one. Me too. In our final spooky story, the tale of the Duende, or Goblin. This came to us from at L-T-V-E-Y-E-L. -E -E I don't know how else to say it. It Vivel. But I think it's an L. Lit Vivel. <laughs> Lit Vivel. <laughs> Lit Vivel. <laughs> I saw a Duende, or a Goblin, as a child. They can be good or bad. This is what I got in response to tell me your scary stories. Okay. So, of course, I asked for more details, and this is what they said. They said, it's a Mexican folklore, but it's definitely real. I was about 10 when I saw the Duende. My grandmother's house is located in a remote village in Veracruz, Mexico. This place is surrounded by beaches and fruit plantations, very beautiful, but super remote. One day, my dad brought home sacks of fruit from the plantation and left them against the wall, and I walked into the kitchen where this thing was going through the fruit. I was shocked and stood frozen. It was definitely taller than me, but I knew it wasn't a person. 
It was dressed in white linen clothing, typical of the indigenous people, and a giant straw sombrero. So I'm standing there. It walks right in front of me, stands there for a split second, and then runs out through an open door, and I see it go through a brick wall. It just ran right through it. At this point, I run out to the backyard where my mom, dad, and grandmother are, and I'm freaking out telling them what I just saw. My dad is such a skeptic. He's like, you didn't see anything. And my grandmother nonchalantly says, oh, you saw a duende. (laughs) (laughs) That experience set off my interest in the paranormal and how I learned about my cousin's experience. So he was in the banana fields helping my uncle harvest bananas. He was about seven, so he was still kept close by. My uncle says he turned away for a second, then turned back, and my cousin was gone. He called out for him, and they searched all afternoon for him. And then, as the sun started to set, here comes my cousin, wandering out of the plantation onto the road. My uncle asked where he had been, and my cousin said little people told him to follow them, and he got lost in the plantation. Oh my gosh. So that's the Duende. I have never heard of this before. I know. It was fascinating. I immediately wanted to look it all up, but I knew that you hadn't read it yet. So I was like, I feel like some of this can be stuff that we can look up together. I definitely want to do that. That is really fascinating. Yes. Thank you for sharing. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks to all of you. And stay tuned because we have one more Spooky Stories episode left. Spooky Stories. (laughs) So if you're not already following us on Instagram, you can find us at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod. You can join our Facebook group, which has changed names. It is now called The Cozy Club dash fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up. We're slowly growing over there. We have some great mods, Joanna and Stephanie, that are helping us out, starting conversations. So come over there. It's a good time. It is. We're on TikTok at We Don't Want to Grow Up. You can email us at We Don't Want to Grow Up at gmail.com. If you'd like to help support the podcast and all of our other endeavors, you can become a member of our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. There you can gain access to bonus episodes and soon to be extra content. Another way you can support us is by giving us a five-star rating if you listen on Apple Podcasts and leaving us a nice review. You may listen on other platforms and maybe there's another way that you could rate us or review us there. So if there is, please do so. Those numbers do matter. So if you could do that, we would really appreciate it. Also, you could help spread the word by sharing about it with your friends and family and on your social media platforms with your followers. Bye. Bye.